Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. This on? Hello? We're all science people. Science! Exactly. We know it's a good idea because it's lasted. We can teach kids and they get it. There's chemistry in here. There's biology in here. It's in whiskey. It's in ice cream. It's in who you fall in love with. That's the recipe for success. We can make the world better for everybody. Starting now. Welcome to Science Rules. I'm your host, Bill Nye. This is the show where... Where... Science rules. It's a call-in show. So if you want to be on the show, and I hope a few of you do, please go to askbillnye.com and type on in. We want to hear what's on your mind. We want to know what's concerning you. We want you to participate in this edifying discussion. Now, joining me again, of course, once again, my good friend, science editor, journalist, Corey S. Powell. It's great to be here. Uh, you're looking very healthy today. You're looking robust even. Uh, I don't know. Did you take your vitamins today? Absolutely. I took some vitamins today because I ate some food. Ah, food. Food is probably what's agreeing with you. It's loaded with it. Yes. You know, once you get started. It's hard to kick. It's yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. So today, speaking of food and vitamins and robust health, today we're joined by two exceptional science journalists who are the host of Science Friday's undiscovered podcast. Ella Fetter and Annie Minoff, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Hey, Thank thanks you. for having us. Hey. So glad you're here. Uh, now, if you don't mind, what do you journal as science journalists? <laughs> what do we journal as science journalists? What do we not journal? Um, actually, we don't journal some things, which is, I think, what makes our show a little bit different than a lot of other science shows is we're not so focused on what is the hip new finding that we just got this week. That we just found. That we just found. Uh, so much as kind of how did we get there? Who got us there? Why did they want to get us there? What were they thinking? Are we even there? Are, where is there? Let us begin with this. Since you like to talk about the beginning of there and where is there, what is a vitamin? Uh, it's defined as an essential micronutrient. Micronutrient. Noun. A chemical element or substance required in trace amounts for the normal growth and development of living organisms. So along this line, I was, I believe, Corey, if I may speak for you. Uh, please, you, you do it better than I do. We, Yeah, well, we were charmed or intrigued or took great interest 
In the story you guys did about your friend David. My friend David, yeah. And his vitamin B12. Yeah. So my friend David is vegan. If you're vegan, the the main sources of B12 are animal products, mainly meat, but also to a lesser extent dairy and eggs, although I've read that they're not as good sources as meat. Um, You can get it from fortified foods. So there's nutritional yeast that is fortified, but that's kind of like taking a a supplement that uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, supplement. Um, so he knew based on his lifestyle that he probably was not getting Oh, he enough. was doing it prophylactically. Yes. Head off the problem before it showed up at Glee. Yes. Very, very health conscious. And he takes these sublingual B12 supplements. Sublingual is under the tongue? Under the tongue. He heard that it, you know, is best absorbed if he, you place it under the tongue. And I, I can't I can't tell you what, whether that is true. The thing that we investigated uh, was a scary headline that he saw. So it was a bunch of headlines, but basically they were saying that uh, taking these supplements, B12 supplements, could cause lung cancer in men, which he is. Any scary health headline, you're like, hmm. So if you take B12, you get lung cancer. I mean, due respect. Yeah, like how? I mean, just mechanistically, like why lungs? And like My not very informed comment was like, so the pill gets to the, the lungs... How, I think, was my literally my question for you. And if it's a yeah. carcinogen, why isn't it affecting other organs? And why? how can we eat any food at all yeah. without getting... Okay, lead on. So because I was skeptical, I decided to actually contact the scientist. Good, which, healthy skepticism. Extraordinary yeah. claims require extraordinary proof. Yeah, so I contacted the scientist, and it turned out to be a very different story. Um, although there is there is a kernel of truth to it. So... His study does suggest that if you smoke, taking B12 supplements for some reasons, for some unexplained reason, might dramatically increase your risk of lung cancer. In men. So it's it's like an amplifying effect. And that is an important caveat. In smokers, which David is not. Right. And it's not how these articles were written. So anyway, our, our conclusion, and I think it was a conclusion we started with, was it is really hard to know what to believe. You know, not everyone takes the time or has the ability to read primary research papers or, or you know, will get the ear of a scientist. Um, and it, As it, you did. As I did. And with my platform, I was, I was lucky to, I think actually Ted would talk to anyone. I got him on the line with David, which was nice. Um, Wait, but, so you had the, the researcher talking directly to David. Yeah. And the researcher's name was Ted. Ted Brasky. And he talked. He did. He talked great. Yeah. He's a good talker. Um, and- but he's not a TED talker, at least ways not yet. <laughs> this is actually, I mean, we're going to get into when you should and shouldn't take supplements. This to me is a case where it's justified. I mean, and, and doctors will recommend that if you are not, if you're, if you have a certain kind of diet where you're not getting meat, eggs, dairy, you should probably supplement with B12. Um, that's not true for every supplement. All right. So. Or every person. Before we go to the phones. Is he taking a dosage of B12 that somebody recommends, or is it a dosage of B12 that he's read on the bottle? Is it a dosage of B12 that he learned about at a store, grocery store? I will. Okay, I have to give my friend Dave credit. He, he's very thorough. It is a super mega dose that he does not need, and he knows that, but they don't sell it. I, I think you can get the uh, something closer to the recommended value if you take it in a multivitamin. But if you take a dedicated supplement, it's always these mega doses. Blast. 
Yeah. And so what you do is make expensive urine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, so, the very best. Right. Because of course, if a little, if a little bit of a vitamin is good. Hey, let's like multiply the dose by a thousand. That's got to be really good for you. This right? is like one of the fundamental fallacies. Like there are, I feel like several when it comes to vitamins and supplements, but this is one. If like you need some, if if some is necessary, then more must be amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah. I came up with a bike analogy. If you, if you bicycling, will. bicycling. I like. I I think people usually use car analogies, but I don't drive, so. I came up with one that works for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're, if you're you know, biking to work every day and you're going really slow, maybe you notice that your, your chain is rusty and lacking <laughs> grease. It makes that sound, which is the telltale <laughs> grease uh, insufficiency sign. And so you, you add a little bike, bike grease to your, to your chain or is it bike grease or chain I grease? I've never done you that. You add a little grease to Let's your chain. Let's go lubricant. Chain lubricant, lubricant. Lubricant to your chain. And suddenly your commute to work is much faster makes a pleasing rushing sound <laughs> as you pass, yes. past your head yeah. and so you you know you obviously need that lubricant on your chain but then dousing your bike in lubricant is not going to make it any faster you're not going to get to work at hyper speeds and it's going to be slidey and get all over your clothes yeah. and you don't need it on the saddle for right example. or if you uh, if you, you Pump, not. Yeah, pump a thousand gallons of gas into your car. That's actually not better than just filling the tank. Exactly. By way of example. By way of example. Making for, an for expensive the, fill up. Yes, for the uh, for the for the non New York non bicycle driving uh, part of the country. Fire hazard. So Corey, just to be clear, out in the real world beyond New York City. Yes. People drive a lot more cars and fill up a lot more tanks than they do here. That is correct, yes. Yeah. yes Just to so. be clear. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you are one of the unusual New Yorkers who has a car. Yeah. The, the, the bicycle exists, as far as I understand, only in New York City. This is something we invented here. Uh, but, <laughs> wow. but someday, I hope the rest of the world discovers it. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, outside of our bubble. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mere feats and then mensen. More yeah. bikes than people, as they say in Hollywood. Now, uh, uh, about supplements, I think this would be a fabulous opportunity to go to the phones. To supplement this conversation with an outside caller. Uh, so we have Rakia on the line. Uh, Rakia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, where are you calling from and what is your inquiry? Um, I am calling from New York, New York. Um, and my question is about we see a lot of vitamins are not approved by the FDA, right? So how concerned should we be about that slash, like, how trustworthy is the FDA in the first place, you know? Uh, well, I think when you say vitamins, I think you actually mean dietary yeah. supplements. Is that right, Right, Rakia? Well, yeah. yeah. So I think what you'll see is you guys, well, the journalists will jump in. Uh, but I think a dietary supplement, when it says it's not approved, it, it hasn't been shown to have any nutritional value. Is that correct? So... The FDA has very, very, very limited authority when it comes to dietary supplements. Like, I, I feel like I, I should have been shocked by this, and yet. Um, yeah. so, when so, you say authority, you mean authority to restrict or control or yes, influence so or what have you? The FDA has no authority to review supplements for, one, safety, or two, effectiveness, before they go out onto the market. So you could put arsenic in your supplement and the FDA couldn't... Uh... Well, that, well, once people start dying, then that's what if they, just they can sick? move to take it off the market. <laughs> but that's the system that we have. And so the question of, you know, should we be concerned? 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so so 23,000, I saw one estimate, 23,000 people a year go to the emergency room because of a supplement that they took. Um, 23,000 is not so, that but if many. But if you consider, yeah. yeah, that like half of Americans take some kind of supplement, maybe you're like, that's a small number. Maybe you're like, that's small, but like... Not zero. I, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> that's not great. Um, and then there's an added problem, which is supplements not being what they say they are. So, like, the diff- the problem of adulteration. Of so, okay. So, the serial offenders in this category are things that are promising, like, sexual enhancement, um, muscle growth, uh, the other one, weight loss. So, these are the, the most common kind of uh, with this problem. Um but over the last, I think, about a decade, the FDA, the FDA has identified over 700 supplements that were not what they said they were on the package. And what this is a lot of times is something promising to be like a botanical thing. And it's just like a drug. Well, it's pro- it might be botanical <laughs> or it might be yeah, from yeah, a yeah. plant. Yeah, but or that it might be mean... like a synthetic steroid. <laughs> wow. So, so that's – I don't know if it's an issue of how trustworthy is the FDA so much as – does the FDA have authority and the authority that they can exercise, do they have the resources to do it effectively? And unfortunately, I think right, often right. the answer to that is no. So you get into a, a thing that we're facing now, especially in the United States, where uh, the personal rights of the supplement manufacturer might collide or catastrophically cross paths with the rights of the consumer, and the consumer then would be protected by the man who might be a woman at the Fed, at the Food and Drug Administration. So do you want, as a taxpayer and voter, do you want the FDA to be more powerful so it can regulate supplements, or do you want supplement manufacturers to just do the right thing uh, because they're in business? And so, I mean, as you may infer from my part, the reason you have regulations is to improve the quality of lives and especially the health of exactly. the citizens. So you're nodding along. I hear you, Rakia, agreeing. <laughs> but you called for a reason. Why? What brought this right, up for you? Yeah. Because you always see, especially, I mean, um, I'm young, right? So I'm on Instagram and stuff, especially with, you see the Kardashians and stuff like that. They're promoting it's like the gummies, right? the and gummies. stuff like that. So you're saying the Kardashians <laughs> are advertising some supplement? Yeah, yeah, and a bunch of them are. And you see, like, if you look at detailed on the packaging, right, written in the fine print, stuff like that, it says, like, not approved by the FDA, take at your own caution, you know, stuff like that. And so it's like, is that an issue with the FDA? Is that an issue with, like, oh, should we take it with a grain of salt? Should we, like, talk to the manufacturers, you know, stuff like that as consumers? Like, how do we take that and use it as a supplement and be knowledgeable, not knowledgeable, excuse me, about it, you know, I am, and this is just me thinking out loud, but I mean, there are, I think, in the absence of robust, consistent, you know, oversight and regulation, I I think we we are forced to think about, well, one, do you, you know, do you need that supplement at all? Is is there really any evidence of benefit? But also uh, to look at specific brands. So some brands have better reputations than others. And I think you can look at um, which ones have had more incidents of, say, you know, laxatives being passed off as as something else. Which ones have gotten stern warning letters with no actual uh, weight behind Follow them from through. the FDA? Uh, I, th- I, th- I think you, that that's what we're forced to look at instead is, is which brands have had a better track record than others. Because they do have, you know, if you're a big brand, you do have an incentive to not poison people yeah. uh, 
that will affect the sales. Bad business. <laughs> Over the long term. But yeah. that, that suggests that we're sort of relying on lawsuits to keep us safe rather than a government agency right. to keep yeah. us safe, which is, a, or, which is sort of an unsettling idea. It is. And let's not forget the effective part. Like, so safety is one thing, but, like, if you're going to spend money on something that's, like, promising some benefit and it doesn't, that sucks. Yeah. Well, caveat emptor, you know, let the buyer beware. Yeah. And along this line, I think we've all heard the expression snake oil. So it's, this is where a, a, uh, a guy comes to your town and Hawks uh, presents his product, which is made of the oil of snakes, and uh, um, claims to have extraordinary health benefits. Just when it comes to your health, everybody just love to talk about their bodies. Little kids, old people talk about their health. And we're obsessed with it. And so I think it's, a, it's an area of the human experience where we're easily exploited, where you want whatever weight loss, sexual function enhancement, you want all that for free without having to what diet and exercise or whatever the heck it would be. Yeah, we want, we want shortcuts and we want to be healthy. So uh, if somebody so some... says this product's going to give you extra energy over the next few hours, would it really? I mean, why wouldn't our ancestors have been taking that stuff? Well, ancient people knew that if you took snake oil... <laughs> You would, uh, you could throw spears. Have more energy, right? Yeah, but it could be. It's just when somebody makes claims that sound too good to be true, they pr almost certainly are. So, uh, thank you, Rakia. Thank you for your call. <laughs> thank you. Stick around for more science rules after this. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Science Rules is back. Should we keep going? Because yes, we've got, the, we, the, we've the got boom, boom, boom. It's, it's like, it's, it's like, they're like bowling pins here. We've got callers lined up waiting to get knocked down by the ball of knowledge. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I had no idea where I was going with that. Uh, we have Carly on Car the line. Carly, greetings. Where, where are you calling from? And what's your question? I'm calling from Chicago. And uh, my question is... Uh, so I was told a while ago that you don't need to take any supplemental vitamins unless your doctor tells you, you know, you're either deficient or you're on the way to becoming deficient. So I haven't taken multivitamins. I only take the vitamin D that my doctor told me to take. Am I messing up my health by doing that? Uh, definitely. You're headed. Uh, I predict. <laughs> no. 
Your no, time so, is numbered. So the vitamin D thing we could get into. That's super interesting. But my <laughs> understanding as a member of both skeptic organizations, Committee for Scientific Inquiry and the Skeptic Society, is uh, what you get your vitamins and nutrients from food. And with very few exceptions. It's you, so old school. Yeah. You don't need supplements. <laughs> However, Bill, you're still eating food? Yeah, well— Oh, my God. Get to the 21st century, dude. <laughs> what, do, what do we do in the 21st century? Just get B12 injections is that, or, uh, uh, under the tongue. So with that said, what do you guys think about supplements? Just in general—well, I'll address the multi thing first because that is fascinating. I mean, I was a Flintstone kid. Yeah, I took too. multis yeah, for I, years. I, yeah, I, I, took, um, I took multi refers to multivitamins. Yes, to multivitamins. <clears throat> Apparently, a third of Americans, by one estimate, take a multi. A third is a lot. It's a lot. Hundred million or and more. And so, so we have to be careful because there's always going to be an exception to the rule, right? Like I don't know you, Carly. Um, and, you know, there are exceptions for, like, I don't know what your diet is. I don't know, like— Yeah, if you have a gastrointestinal condition. If you're affect. pregnant. You know, all, all these kind of things. But there is not much evidence for most people that multis do you much good. And I found that kind of shocking. On the other hand, there's no evidence that they are harmful for long-term use. So, like, if the if the— the very little that you require of your vitamin is that it doesn't make you die earlier. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I mean, but but there's no there's no uh, consistent evidence that they do much in terms of like making you live longer or heart health, um, any of these things that we've heard. I think some of us over the years. There was that one study. There was that one. Of course, there's always the one. <laughs> Not this isn't. The, but there was one study that found that in older men. Uh, taking a multivitamin had a modest but significant effect on their cancer and cancer cataracts risk. Yeah. Did but it make it higher or lower? It lowered. Oh, oh. Yeah, sorry. That shows no, that's so, important. Uh, yes, that's <laughs> this, is, this is what people say when they say, like, oh, the, the, the results on Melties are mixed, you know, because there's like a handful of these other studies. It but just seems like if you eat food, you should get your vitamins intuitively. That is what doctors seem to recommend. Yeah, <laughs> and and they and the thing is multivitamins <laughs> don't have everything that food has. Like they don't they don't cram absolutely every kind of nutrient and they don't have fiber in them for example. So, you know, keep eating food which I assume you have been doing. Um and the, really the Bill. and the and the, <laughs> the recommendation was not to take multivitamins unless you specifically are told that you need them. And uh use that money to Go to the movies. And change the world. Support the Planetary <laughs> yeah. Society. Right? Uh, but, but, okay, so if you're eating a well-rounded diet and you're taking uh, you know, a multivitamin or a couple of multivitamins a day on top of that, do you actually run the risk of getting too much, of, of overdosing on some of those nutrients? Right. So it is possible, just in the overdose question generally, it is possible to overdose on some vitamins. So there's kind of this idea that, oh, don't I just pee it out? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. that's sometimes true. But that's not true of all vitamins. So it is possible to overdose. Whether you would overdose, you said you were t taking a couple multis. I remember when I yeah, when I was a kid and the, and the multivitamins were everywhere. They're like, oh, you take this fortified cereal, take a bowl of Total, which has uh, 100%, yeah. and then take your multivitamin. In fact, take two multivitamins a day. I mean, some of them, you know, like, you know they sometimes had these these very kind of high recommended yeah. doses that you know intuitively didn't make sense to me. Like. If it says that it's got, you know, each pill has 500% of everything you need, why would you be taking two of those take, plus eating yeah, food? Take every yeah. five days. Yeah. 
Carly, are you okay? Do you feel healthy? I do feel healthy, yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Uh, stay healthy out Thank there. You. Your call has stimulated a fascinating a multitudinous uh, discussion. discussion. Multitudinous. Yes. There we go. Multitudinous <laughs> vitamin-wise right. discussivity. Thank you, Carly. Uh, I mumbled about vitamin D, did I not? Yes. We mumbled. I believe our next caller has a vitamin D-focused inquiry. Uh, well, let's see. Let's find out. We've got Emmy on the line. Hey, Emmy. Emmy. Where, are you ca- where are you calling from? I am calling from sunny Denver, Colorado. All right. And, and how are you feeling? Are you feeling healthy? I am feeling very healthy. I actually literally just got back from a run. So oh, this is like everyone in Denver. <laughs> it's it's so frustrating. You <laughs> really so healthy. You so can't live here. Denver, so, and then go to Boulder. Yeah. Then it's really out of hand. So oh. the, the thin air doesn't bother you there? No, because I grew up here. Um, I'm actually running a race at 14,000 or 13,000 feet uh, in wow. two weekends. So you need so. your hemoglobin functional. Yes. So, but you have, you have a question. What is your question? I do. My question is, I run out, I, this is actually related to living here and running. I run outside three to five times a week, usually for over an hour. Um, and yet I'm still vitamin D deficient as told by, and I've had it tested multiple times and I still have to take a supplement. Is this just because I work an office job or is there some other reason that I'm vitamin D deficient? So this is a fascinating one because vitamin D is extra exciting right now. So you wow, said, "Wow, vitamin <laughs> D!" Yeah. So, so the fact that you say you know you've been tested and and told that you're deficient, there's a big debate right now among scientists about what exactly deficient is for vitamin D. Like, what is that number of vitamin D that should be in your body? When you say scientists, you mean physicians, nutritionists? I mean the members of the Institute of Medicine who were convened, who who were supposed to decide this number. Versus the endocrine (laughs) society versus others who weighed in. Yes. Everyone seems to have an opinion about this. Um, Medical researchers, I I assume. Medical researchers. So so there's this debate happening about how much is the right amount. And depending on where you put that number, wide swaths of people are either deficient. If you've heard like this headline that like we're all there's a pandemic like of vitamin D deficiency. Emmy, Emmy, for example. For for example, well, I, and again, like maybe you are, maybe you aren't. I am not in a position to say. But where you draw that line in terms of what is deficiency, a whole lot of people are either fine or not fine. And there, there's, there's been an active debate about where that number should be. And then question also what they are saying when, when they say you're deficient. You can look, I, I'm, I'm assuming you've looked at your actual blood test results. I was just looking at mine from a year ago where they'd flagged my vitamin D. Flagged it. They flagged it. Yeah, as out of range. <laughs> I'm now realizing that actually, according to some people, it was a very healthy level of vitamin D. So I think that the cutoff for a while, anything below 20 nanograms per milliliter um, in 2010, they were saying was but deficiency. But what a world where science yeah. can detect 20 billionths of a gram in a milliliter of fluid. But the more we detect the raging fight about what the hell that number means. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It it feels like there are a lot of vitamin fads. I mean, I I remember when I was young, I remember people being obsessed with vitamin C. Then there was a period where everyone was like, oh, vitamin E, you really need that to stay young. Then I only heard about vitamin D, like they're sort of bouncing around through the alphabet. I assumed that as those fads were going on, people were probably mega dosing on the different vitamins at the same time. And probably the standards of what is 
good and healthy were changing. And you can technically overdose on on both D and E. Um, anything that's not water soluble, you're not just peeing out. I was reading old newspaper articles about vitamin E, and the, like this woman wrote in and say was saying, you know, my husband heard vitamin E is good for him, so he's taking thousands of milligrams. Is it measured in milligrams? I don't take vitamin E. Uh, and and people were like, whoa, 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 back up. Some of it was actual like, you know, scientists putting out promising studies, and some of it was people overreacting to those studies by megadosing. Um, but yeah, these vitamin E is, I remember, also one that yet yeah, rose and fell and maybe to some detriment. So speaking of rising mm. and falling in alphabets, mm. what is the deal with vitamin C and the common cold? Yeah. It started with a Nobel laureate, right? Oh, are we talking about Pauling? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the Pauling story. Do you know the Pauling story? Well, I, I grew up at that and during that era. Did you, Corey? I so Linus Pauling comes out was and says, a little take bit vitamin, overdose of vitamin C to prevent common colds. And to this day, uh, my understanding is that finding has been debunked. There's nothing to it. Uh, but to this day, people on orange juice when they have yeah. uh, cold. Or zinc is, is often it's like vitamin C and zinc. So I believe the latest is that vitamin C and zinc may help your cold end earlier. But what I'd always heard is that it prevents it, and there's not strong evidence uh, of that. No, I think you're yeah. getting infected. Right, but because I remember you know, early in my journalism career a while ago, that story of you know, megadosing on vitamin C was still this sort of big controversy. You know, Linus Pauling says yes, some others say no, and you know, it was still playing out, but it was starting to become a more skeptical story. It was one of the earlier rise and falls of which of, vitamin yeah, people exactly. were obsessed with. That's why I brought it up. You know that that's been debunked. You guys yeah. have, de as journalists, you've debunked yes. vitamin C. Well, C and zinc for preventing the common cold. No, um, there's some. It's not. It's not solid evidence. It's promising mm -hmm. evidence that zinc can shorten the duration of your cold. Um, so here's what uh, a gal that we worked with on Bill Nye mm -hmm. Saves the World claimed: that if it's the right virus, zinc will denature its. Uh, molecule, its RNA, will make it fall apart. I'll bet if you bind the zinc to a very specific antigen that is specific to that virus. Yeah, but <laughs> seriously, so this may, here's, here's the interesting thing to me scientifically. It may explain why it works sometimes and not other times. Why sometimes you take zinc and your cold doesn't develop, other times you take it and it doesn't. And if it's a bacterium versus a virus, you're going to get a different outcome and so on. Or it could be a totally random pattern. Or it could just be uh, your, your, your immune system stronger against that particular virus and weaker against that other particular virus. It is a remarkable uh, – it's remarkably complex because you can be exposed to a disease and not can get symptoms for days, which is a fabulous strategy evolutionarily if you are a pathogen, if you're a germ – Wait you a lay few low. days. Yeah. <laughs> but really, you lay yeah. low and then and you if you're a if you guys out there and you want to become deadly uh pathogens, I say don't do that. Just get your host really sick. So then he or she recovers and then you can go infect somebody else. Bwah! <laughs> the, the diabolical one. pathogens. Yes, who are uh, out there in the laboratory developing themselves. So that they're ready to infect. Uh, it really, it really right. is. Emmy, do you see what you've started here? No, I hope you're. I hope you're happy. No, did, it's great. Emmy's, did, Emmy's but long did, gone. Didn't we answer your question? That is the real. That's what I, I wanted to. 
Yes, yes, you absolutely did. Look up the, the fluctuating standards of what yeah. a deficient uh, level is. And because then ask, ask your physician, what are you doing here? Do I got this, this study and that? And then the physician at first is, oh, well, no, well, I've, uh, no, of course, no. But uh, maybe you and he or she can have a discussion that will enhance your life in every way. Thank you for calling, Emmy. Thank you. Science Rules will be right back. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. You're listening to Science Rules. Bill, the switchboards here are lighting, lighting up. up. They're it's lighting up. It's going crazy here. It's a glow here. over here. Uh, we, uh, so we have Olivia on the line. Olivia? Olivia's got a question, too. Uh, I'll bet you, it has something to do with vitamins. Where are you calling from? Hey, uh, I'm calling from Portland, Oregon. Uh, there you go. And what's your question? Um, so I was wondering, like, do, um, specifically about, like, hair, skin, and nail vitamins, do they actually, and biotin supplements and that kind of thing, like, do they actually do anything to make your hair, skin, and nails healthier? Or, like, is there anything to that? Absolutely, and that's why Bill's hair is so glossy. Annie's <laughs> deadpanning this. No, no, Annie feels really strongly about I this. Do. do you want to give the real answer? Yes. Okay, so I feel strongly about this because beauty supplements are like one of the biggest, the, the fastest growing corners of, I don't know what, beauty stuff. <laughs> you can tell I'm really... Like, really a lot of on, money is yeah. spent on beauty stuff. Yes. Well, so so hair, skin, and nail vitamins have been around for a long time. My mother used to take gelatin. She would mix it in her tomato juice. Ah, uh, yes. Her really? V8 sometimes, yeah. So a lot of these hair, skin, nails things involve biotin. And biotin. Biotin? Biotin. Biotin. We're in the land of like things I've read but never said aloud, so it's always dangerous. Um, but oh, yeah. that, that's, that's the, that is nerd paradise. Are you kidding? <laughs> we, all, we all live in this world where we, we, we read all these things. It shows you're a reader. It shows you're a reader. Is that how you say that? Anyway, yeah. biotin. Uh, B7 vitamin, you get it in eggs, milk, and bananas. And if you are deficient in B7, which you might uh, get wise to from the fact that your hair is falling out or you have a scaly red rash— uh, you should definitely take those vitamins. And that will improve your hair and skin. Yes. But there's a twist. <laughs> there's a twist, which is if that's not happening to you, which is most people, then there's very, 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 very little evidence that that does anything. So just like save your money and go to the movies. Yeah, this is kind of like I like to bring back the bike analogy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're missing grease on your chain or lubricant, uh, you might experience reductions in performance uh but but dousing your bike in in uh in lubricant or in biotin is not gonna make it go at hyperspeeds and that seems to be the case um with a lot of these beauty supplements but the deal is it's intuitive you think my skin and hair are made of uh keratin some uh gelatin 
gelatin has keratin in it. If I just take keratin— I just have to eat it. Uh, yes, then somehow my nails and hair will be keratinized. Right, yeah. that, and that gelatin is basically what, like, cow hoof, isn't well, it? Well, yeah. yeah, so the, the latest thing, and I know this because I saw it in the checkout line at Whole Foods, which is where I learned about beauty stuff, Things. dubious beauty stuff. Um, so the latest thing is, like, beauty collagen. Uh, so, like, collagen— one of the most abundant proteins in the body. It does help give skin structure. So the idea is I'm going to eat a lot of collagen and my I, I'll, I'll be overall glowy and my hair will be beautiful and I'll look like a Kardashian. So it goes through your intestine with hydrochloric acid and somehow mm-hmm. comes out intact. And, it, and then yeah. it, and it goes to your face and then it and then it just kind of gives it a little extra glow. It's al- I mean, it's almost like I'm going to eat a beautiful person and then it will make me beautiful. <laughs> uh, that's just hypotheoretical. <laughs> yes. Again, this, is, that not, for you so this far? is not a medically recommended procedure. We are not doctors on this show. So take that with a grain no, of salt. No, but there's been some some uh-huh. evidence to suggest that all the links that would have to happen in that chain for the, you know, the cells to go where you want and plump and look beautiful uh, aren't maybe happening. So, But in terms of a lot of these nutrients, okay. if you're deficient, they would probably help you in, in these arenas, but you're probably not deficient. Very few people. Very few are, people yeah. are deficient. And yeah, this gets yeah. into this whole thing: diet and exercise. It's crazy. Who came up with that? So uh, thank you, Olivia. I'm really glad you're wondering it, and I'm charmed, Olivia. Do you feel that you're in the uh, the Portlandical culture, the Portland or you know, I lived in the Northwest for a long time, and there's a lot of health discussion. For sure. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm not. I'm not super into it. Like I. I mean, I can't really grow a beard. Um, but and yet they like, let you stay there. That, that is, yeah, the lumberjack know, beard is the defining. Well, yeah, that, that that may be a supplement issue. You know, there, there's probably something you could it take. Could be. Thank you very much for calling, Olivia. Carry on in healthy fashion. For sure. And eat bananas. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. All right, thank yep. you. Have a good one. So along this line, you guys, um, Ella, Annie, you have done a lot of research. I was brought up with the idea that you're. Uh, cells in your eyes rely on vitamin A. Is that right? Yes. And so if you ate carrots, which would be lousy with vitamin A, you could just... You have x-ray vision. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you that's... don't even need those glasses on yes, the back Yes, we've all seen comment. that in Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, go ahead. I Well, no, I, I thought you were going to tell us this story. Well, and... the story, I love the story. Well, because, okay, I have doubts about the story. So I was going to let you tell the story so, and then... Fact check you. <laughs> the story, which is fun, is yeah. uh, but also a matter of life and death. So yeah. what happened was British physicists, British, British scientists, uh, in the uh, troubling times of World War II, invented a workable radar, radio detection and ranging. And they were able to detect the German Air Force uh, coming across the English Channel in various places, various uh, targets that they would have in mind. And then with the British Air Force, the Royal Air Force's limited uh, forces, they could dispatch the forces accurately. But the Germans or the Nazis at that time didn't know about radar. They may have been messing with it, but they didn't have it working as well. And so the British intelligence services promoted the myth that their pilots were eating an extraordinary number of carrots, which enabled them to have better vision. And this is why they continually or several times showed up 
right exactly in time and place to attack the German Air Force as it came across the channel. It's a fabulous story. Does it have anything to do with anything? So I think it underestimates the intelligence of <laughs> Germans at that time that, that they could be deceived uh, into believing that carrots truly gave uh, British people superpowers and they had no other British pilots, not yeah. just, you know, just specifically. And again, this is one of those cases where if you are deficient in vitamin A, that might affect your vision and eating maybe, carrots maybe, might, maybe. might help you. Yeah. But gosh, how these myths get started. I love it. What well, let me ask you this specifically. What about iron supplements and women? Ooh. Okay. I don't know if I have a definitive answer for you, except for... Oh, nothing's definitive. Give us a give us a rumor. Women, okay, so uh, generally bleeding is something that will lead... So if you donate blood, for example, that can contribute, that can cause iron deficiency or lower your, your uh, iron an levels. Anemia. If you're menstruating, which is also... It happens. You can all, yeah, it happens to a lot of people. Um, you're at greater risk. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean you're definitely going to be deficient. It's not like every menstruating person is going to be iron deficient, but it does increase your risk. Um, if you're pregnant, a lot of I greedy think, babies, a lot, I guess, sucking I, up that blood, yeah, something like that. Uh, so, so there are there are people who are at greater risk, and 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 people who menstruate are at greater risk of iron deficiency. Um, but iron is one of those. One of those, well, in this case, mineral that you can overdose on. So it is a good idea to actually check if you yourself, you're not just at risk, but you're actually deficient before you start supplementing. All right. So what are your thoughts on fortified foods, like like these breakfast cereals that are packed with, you know, basically a, jam, a, a multivitamin jammed into yeah. each serving? So the history of fortified foods is super interesting and actually like a great triumph of public health because it goes back to, I believe, iodine was the first one putting it into salt. And it's like, great, no one has goiters anymore. Oh, so do iodine deficiency led to this some thyroid problem where you yeah. get a swelling in your throat, right? Yes. And and so, and everyone's like, great, no one has this anymore. To the point where Annie had never heard I of goiters. I had never heard of goiters because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a woman of the modern world. But this is uh, uh, people, I remember rural people, pictures of them mm. uh, uh, where I grew up where, uh, oh, she's got a goiter, she needs this supplement. Yeah. And I I think it started with uh, a family friend of a friend who lived uh, way west of me. Yeah. Hmm. But then it continued. So then it was vitamin D in milk. Anyway, but the, the point I'm making is like this was like, you know. A fantastic It innovation. was a great thing. And then we get to the 80s. And the 1980s. The 1980s. And this is where like marketers and like like food manufacturers are like, yeah, fortification. And it kind of became like this thing that you could use to sell your product. Like and that's where you end up with calcium juice. fortified tab soda and a bunch of things that sound like completely gross and unnecessary. Have you guys ever had a tab? No. What is tab? Okay, so when I was in college, it was a thing that people drank, akin, very much akin to modern Diet Coke. Well, was it fortified? None of them were calcium deficient. Oh, really? Because it was in tab. Yeah, it was like, I think, I don't know if it was marketed as such, but yeah, I was reading that for a time there was calcium fortified tab. So fortification has actually helped Things. this this country. Yes. In or the and world, others. perhaps. The world. Yeah, developed world. But if, if but we've there, tipped it into like over fortification, it's another question. I don't, I don't so go ahead. You, you were, so in the 80s, fortification became Yeah, well, it becomes a kind of marketing. marketing. Yeah. Um, and I think we still see that to this day. Um and so it does. It then raises the question: Like, have we tipped too far in the over fortification? 
Um, I don't know. So, Corey, there was a time we experimented. Yes, we did. With uh, many things. But, yeah, uh, with a segment we called Bill Needs a Minute. Bill Nye is a passionate man. Passionate! Sometimes his passion reaches an explosion point. Uh, explosion kind of point. This. And Bill just needs a minute to get something off his chest. Yes! So let's say we go back in time. We go back in time to cave people. Og and get Yes, because we're in the area that is now modern France. And so there's Og and his partner, Augette. And we show up with some devices we might have here in the studio, like this. Ballpoint pen. And we say, Og, check this out. I have a way to record information outside of my body on this extraordinary plant-based uh, transportable information storage system. Oh, my God. Paper. Man, yes, paper. For those not seeing. Man yes. from the man from the future. Your extraordinary stylus instrument and your paper are amazing for information storage. And look at this, Og. I have a piece of solid rock that you can see through. Oh my goodness, man from the future. What that would you be like glass, glass, like a, like a yes. glass. Yeah. And look yeah. at this, Og. Og, I have brought with me some beverages that have no nutritional value whatsoever. Man from the future. I, I was with you there. I was really with you with that plant-based information storage, and I was that see-through rock is that's really cool. But but I'm a cave guy. I mean, calories are my thing. What I do with my day is get food for my family and me. That's that's our business. Aget and I we feed our people with food. With food. No uh, supplements. Yeah, this we do. I don't know why you would time. be drinking stuff that doesn't do anything. For you, man from the future, have have a nice journey back to the future. So, and then and then Og and Og gets then Og said something like, "I may be just a simple caveman, <laughs> no, not so wise to your ways." Uh, I yep. think you're underestimating man from the future's PR savvy. What we have concluded today is that food carries the nutrients you need. For most of us. For most people. An overwhelming most. Unless, Is that right? Unless you have a restrictive diet or absorption issues due to a medical condition or sometimes due to aging. There are, aging. Aging yeah. can affect the, your ability to absorb things. Oh, um, if you had your stomach or part of your intestine removed, that can also affect your absorption, not surprisingly. Um, so, so, But yes, in general, food seems to be uh, an old school but pretty snazzy way of getting nutri nutrients. And the main thing that we want to do with vitamins is address deficiencies rather than just like keep loading up on them. Yeah, it'd be great if we knew exactly how much of everything to take for our optimal, longest, best, beautifulest, glowiest lives. But often the science isn't there to support it yet. So. Well, I'm just going to stick with the food thing. That's how I'm going to go. I mean, that seems like a good yeah. plan. Especially if it tastes good. Yes. So thank you all so much for this discussion about something that affects us all every day. Our nutrition, our health. So let me thank Ella Fetter and Annie Minoff of the Undiscovered Podcast. Uh, I'm Bill Nye. I'm Corey S. Powell. And remember, when it comes to the vital nutrient part of our universe, science, science rules. So if you like Science Rules, and of course I hope you do, please take a moment to rate and review it in Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. Even tell a friend! These things help us out, help us determine who's listening and how much they're enjoying it, 
And of course, it helps others learn about the show and enhance their lives. It's just win, win, win. Science Rules is produced by Jordan Bell, Corey S. Powell, hey. with production and editing by Lisa Wang, who also screens your phone calls. Our engineer today is Casey Halford. Mixing and original theme music are also by Casey Halford. Special thanks to Claire Rawlinson. Chris Bannon is our CCO, the Chief Content Officer of Stitcher, where science rules. Stitcher. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com.